Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. Uh, my name's Clinton Croker, coming to you from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. So is Justin Anderson. He's about two feet away from me. It changes every week. I think last week it was like three feet, now it's two feet. We're getting closer together because we're friends, and that's what friends do. You get cute. close with one another. Uh, we're not even close to Patrick Marsh. He's in Nova Scotia. So, through the power of technology, he's joining us. You had a uh, good Canada Day long weekend, bud? Well, it rained all weekend here, but uh, other than that, it was pretty chill, which was nice. I like that. I like low-key vacations. That's my preference. I'm all about those party vacations. I was at the lake all weekend. Oh, boy. I was watching your uh, and Friendly's uh, stories on, on social media. Yeah. Good times. Yeah, we got after it because they have a little <laughs> lake golf course. My uh, fiance has a lake or a cabin at a lake like 15 minutes away from Saskatoon, so it's great. You forget anything, you can just come right back in, or you got something for an hour to attend, you just come right back in, then you rip right back out. It's awesome. But they have this little nine-hole golf course out there. Oh, it's you don't open really up. have to pay. Like, it's kind of, nice. yeah, just show up, drink some beers, no dress code, no nothing. It's pretty good. Um, by the way, uh, you can listen to us on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, um, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. All the links to all the stuff is all right there. Uh, big shout out to everyone who follows us on Twitter. That's our big one. Instagram and Facebook. I think, well, no, Instagram's for the young people. I think Facebook's for the old people uh, now. I haven't touched their Instagram in like six months. <laughs> yeah. We're not cool enough for Instagram. We're too old for Instagram. Old guys don't do well on Instagram. I don't have time for my own Instagram, let alone ours. Old guys do well at Twitter. Old people in general are on Facebook. Old ladies are on Facebook. And then the young kids, they're on the Snapchat and the Instagram and the FaceTube. Uh, by the way, today's episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven Black Cherry Soda. It was two for $2 and I bought it. It's actually pretty good. Are you guys off-brand soda guys? Did you buy two for $2? No, I just oh, bought one good, for $1.50. Come um, on. Off-brand soda. I like I like PC Cola. I used to buy that a lot because you get it for like a like sometimes you get it for like eighty cents. It like grinds a, your teeth like though. A, but you just mix it with rum or whiskey. And you yeah. can't tell the difference anyway. That's really the only time I drink pop. Yeah. Is with uh is with liquor. I'm a big pop guy. I have a pop <laughs> every day. Shout out to alcohol for making pop taste better. I'm a big Mountain Mania guy. It's like the ripoff of Mountain Dew. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah. Mountain Mania. I think it's from Superstore. Correct me if I'm wrong. But Mountain Mania, it tastes better than Mountain Dew. Patrick, what off-brand soda are you? What do we define as off-brand? Because not Pepsi, I like not specialty Coke. sodas. Like, like if you see it on a commercial, like like... it's not off-brand. Yeah. Okay, I've never seen a Stewart's commercial, and uh, their sodas are fantastic. Black cherry soda. Um, I guess that's a brand, but if I had to pick something like you know, like Good Value or whatever, don't tell anybody this, but I actually really like the President's Choice Cola. That's one I just, that's one I just but, said, yeah, PC Cola. Yeah. It just, I don't know why. I thought you said RC Cola for some reason. Oh, no, PC. PC Cola gets, like, stuck to your teeth, I find. It's great. Like, after a sip, you can just <laughs> feel it get stuck okay, to your teeth. But, it's like caramel. But, like, shout out to Jones Soda. Jones is the best. Yeah, the orange cream yeah. soda. Yeah, I was. Oh, always, they were like one of the first sodas to come up with vanilla Coke. Yeah, or not vanilla Coke. It was yeah. vanilla soda. But uh, yeah. also shout out to Poncho's Pizza in Lakeview because they had Lakeview, Saskatoon. Yeah, uh, they had uh, yeah. Jones Soda like merchandise to give away. So nice. they had like Jones Soda lip chap. They had uh, Jones Soda gum. They had a bunch of stuff. So if you bought ten Jones Soda, you got to pick a little thing from their uh, prize box. Nice. That's and cool. When we were in grade four, we used to like eat the lip chap because it tasted exactly like the Jones soda. Uh, 
some of my friends did a did a photo and submitted it. They all grew like Movember mustaches and yeah. they did like a like a sort of a wiser hood, like gentleman's yeah. picture with all their mustaches and sent it in and they printed they got it printed on a Jones they bottle. They were on a Jones soda yeah. bottle. I can't tell you how many times I applied to be on a Jones soda bottle. Yeah, they were on there. Twisted T too. Twisted T for a while. <laughs> yeah, they were putting they had some of their uh, cool there. moments on the back of their cans too. But yeah, Jones soda. Oh, I remember like there was a cool skateboard one of a guy doing a kickflip, yeah. and it was in Saskatchewan. I think it was Regina or something. I was like, no. If way. you can make it on a Jones soda, you can make it anywhere. You've made it. Uh, we should probably <laughs> talk about baseball, hey? Um, yeah, maybe. We're gonna be talking about a bu- oh. soda, though. Sorry. Have you ever had Stewart? Stewart. No, no, that's a Halifax thing, man. Never heard of it. Don't be dragging us nope. down with your weird maritime traditions. <laughs> what? Is it made of lobster shells? No, no they're no. like they're like bottles like Jones, except they're a little bit chubbier. Uh-huh. Um, but just like there's grape soda, orange cream, orange and cream soda, cherries and cream, uh, cream soda, black cherry wishniak soda, hmm. birch beer soda, key lime soda. Oh, it's I they're all just so on their good. website listing off their flavors. Right are now. you looking for a promotion from these guys? <laughs> like, are you trying? Are you secretly their sales guy or something? Or from now on, all the future rants will be sponsored by Stewart. Stealing my thing, that's, hey? That's I what... always start the episode by with a fake sponsorship, and now you're stealing my thunder. We're going to get in trouble. But seriously, 7-Eleven <laughs> Black Cherry, it's freaking good. It's no mountain mania, but it's pretty good. There's a knockoff iced tea, too, and I can't remember it for the life of me, but it was it was great. Maybe it was called Twisted Tea before Twisted Tea, the liquor, came out. Mm. Or Tea with a Twist. Tea with a twist. twist. Safeway brand. Oh, That's my right. God. It was so good because it was just like how you make it with the powdered stuff. Powder you stuff, put, like, yeah. way too much in. Okay. Baseball, baseball stuff we're going to talk about today. Uh, we're going to talk about the week that was for the Jays, who's hot, who's not. And we have an awesome segment on Danny Jansen. Professor Anderson is back. He doesn't have a coat. He doesn't have a degree in science or anything. But he's still a professor. We got that coming up. Uh, first off, though, we're going to bat leadoff. Uh, each of us are going to bat leadoff. Which one thing do you guys want to talk about? Baseball related, not baseball related, whatever. You have Kawhi the watch 2019. Everyone's just got helicopters following the poor guy. Everyone on Twitter thinks that he's going to the Lakers, but then you look at who they are, and it's like, Lakers super fan. LeBron James is my hero. Yeah, and it's I like, know. oh, man, you guys thought probably were Cavs fans last year. Um, so, I mean, I'm the only person I really trust in this is like is, is Waj. Yeah. Uh, Waj and Rescue, or whatever the hell you say Waj his last bombs, name. Yeah, yeah Waj Bomb. He's going to drop a Waj Bomb later tonight, hopefully, and say, like, Kawhi. With the Raptors, five-year so deal. I just even if it's like a one and one, like something. I think he's gonna come back for one more year. Um, the East is easier to win than the West still, mm-hmm. and then the Raptors definitely proved that this year, even though it wasn't easy. Um, but I think he comes back. I want him to come back. I'm saying that because I want him to come back. But I truly do believe that the odds are in the Raptors' favor. They just won a championship. Like no other team can be like, "Hey, come back here. You have a chance to repeat as NBA champions." Mm-hmm. Patrick, do you think Kawhi is coming back? Uh, I actually thought, like, before this process started, uh, after the parade and the dust had settled, that he was going to go to the Clippers. And then, for whatever reason, something happened, and they have really fallen out of favor when it comes to the, I don't know how to describe it, the everything that I have read so far, whether or not it's uh, credible or not, I, I, I don't really know, but... Because he chose to meet with the Raptors last, I just have this strong feeling like he started this process leaning heavily towards the Raptors to start. And the fact that he went to see them last 
and he's already in Toronto right now, and he's going to make a decision, wouldn't you fly back to L.A. if you were going to make a decision, like, today or tomorrow? Like, is he really going to red-eye back to L.A. the same day that he went? I just feel like they're... Like, he's he's staying. He stay. According to Jalen Rose, 99%, he's going to stay. Because when I think of basketball insight, I think of Jalen Rose. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he was okay, I guess. He was one of like the most medium basketball players of all time, Jalen Rose. Like when you think of like an 80 on NBA 2K. He's like the Ryan Tapera of the NBA. He's just he's so medium. 75s <laughs> or 80s across the board in rankings. Uh, Patrick, you get to bat leadoff here. What's your leadoff topic? Well, it's actually going to be kind of Canada Day related, but not really because it actually has to do with the day before. So something really cool that I saw in baseball news this week was – uh, the, the Jays had a 13 uh, year old named Kaya Bruno sing a bilingual version of O Canada in both English and Cree as a commemoration to National Indigenous Peoples Day. This is a topic that does not get discussed very much at all in popular media, um, especially not really outside of Canada at all, uh, despite the fact that there are Indigenous people all across the world. Um, but my point being that Indigenous people are starting to gain some traction when it comes to the music community. You see it a lot here locally. I have connections here in the, the local music scene. And I got to say, the the work that, that you see getting done, whether or not it's uh, folk music, uh, hip-hop, whatever, it's just amazing to see. And the fact that the Jays brought uh, a young girl like this to, to come out and sing the national anthem, uh, at least partly in, a, in an indigenous language, I think is amazing. I don't know, what's it like out in Saskatoon as far as like the indigenous population and their voice within, you know, your city's community? What's it like? It's huge here, in Saskatoon especially. Um, I don't know about Regina, but Regina is pretty big too, their indigenous community. But here in Saskatoon with uh, Wanuskewin, not too far away. Uh, we have a huge indigenous population here. Um, recently, with the whole Gerald Stanley situation, there's been a little bit of tension between mm -hmm. the indigenous community and everyone else. But uh, in general, I mean, ind indigenous people here in Saskatchewan do amazing, great things. Yeah. And Sega here in the province, <laughs> they've done a lot of good things too. Um, no, the indigenous community here is great. Um, when it comes to national anthems, though, are you guys a fan of it before games? In certain yeah. situations, I am. I mean... In the states, obviously, the NFL has a, a huge controversy, and hockey never yeah. really saw anything. Um, and baseball, they never really show the national anthem. Like uh, base, like hockey is really the only sport on Canadian TV where they actually show the anthems. Like they never, they they rarely show it on Raptor broadcasts. Yeah, in the playoffs they did, but they regular did. season they don't. The regular season they don't even show it. Um, CFL, you, do you see it in the CFL? Yeah, you do see it on TV in the mm -hmm. CFL. Can't remember. I, ah, I, sometimes it depends. Sometimes. It depends. Yeah. yeah, it really depends on timing and if the games, if, especially the second game of a doubleheader. You if there are back to backs, you usually don't. Yeah. yeah, but I don't know. I'm a fan of it, like the World Juniors, the Olympics, where they play the winning team's anthem after the game's over. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. I'd prefer that than than like the whole before, before the game kind of yeah. thing. Especially if it's two different anthems, it's just it's just a time drag. Especially the American anthem, it's just so long. I like it live when I'm at the game. Yeah, when I'm watching it on TV. I could care less. Yeah, you, that's when you get up and go refill your water. You get goosebumps. Get you get goosebumps though, yeah. like live. Yeah. You're especially like, oh, with the crowd singing it. I yeah. got chills. You it's, know, it's a cool experience live, but 
I mean, for the most part, I I'm not really a huge fan just because of like all the whole controversy thing. It's just like just let the guys play. Yeah, Patrick, I'm assuming you're a fan of the anthem based on that two minute thing you just went on. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a cool little tradition that's been going on for over a hundred years when it comes to the the big sports leagues. I think both the NHL and uh, MLB have both been doing it for about a hundred years or something like that. So I mean, like. It's a nice little thing, and it's not meant to be politicized. I mean, our national anthem isn't meant to be politicized. It's just meant to be a celebration of who we are and where we're from. So the fact that, you know, this young girl gets a chance to uh, be a part of a, a different kind of representation in Canada, I think that's that's the part that I like the most, is the idea of, um, a bilingual national anthem or a multilingual national anthem. I don't care what language it's spoken in. I just think it's it's cool to have that representation. It happens all the time in hockey and in Canadian anthems when they start singing English first and then French and then English to end it off. So it's always kind of it, – it's been there before, but, no, it's never really happened in Cree. That was really cool. Um, International Prospect Signing Day. Do we know too much about the guy who the Jays got, the shortstop guy? I know he's big. Raquelvin DeCastro. <laughs> I, I saw I saw a picture of that a Starlin Beltre kid too that they're talking to. Yeah, and he's huge. He's a giant. Like these kids are big. They're 16 years old and they're like they got man bodies yeah. on them. Like they're big dudes. Well, remember Yasiel Puig when he first came up? Everyone True. was like, "How is this guy this big?" And now it yeah. seems everyone is that big. that big. You're Mr. Prospect, though, Justin. And do you know anything about this guy? Or not a whole bunch. I know he was high on MLB Pipeline's uh, watch list for for this season. But outside of that, I mean, I I have a hard time really putting much stock into 16 year old prospects. I know we we hyped Vladdy for a long time, and he's finally here. But for the most part, I mean. It's tough to get excited about a 16-year-old kid. Vladdy was a special case because he's his, a freak. His, his dad, too, right? Yeah. If it wouldn't have been Vladdy's kid, it would have been maybe a little different. Yeah, he's basically a robot, though. Yeah. Um, do you care about any of these international guys here, Patrick, or no? Uh, I personally am confused about the choice just because, well, like, I understand he was a very, very highly touted prospect, um, apparently, according to some of the stuff that I read, he's got good hands. Uh, he's an excellent defender. I just don't know where he fits in because we already have like a hundred thousand shortstops in our system. I got one question so for like, you too, Patrick. Does does he look like a ball player? Well, yeah, he does. <laughs> he used all the Pat Dalber things. He's got real soft <laughs> hands. Yeah. <laughs> Classic swing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So much ball for you. No, but um. I just think like it, let's look let's run down the shortstop list. Um, we'll just start with who we've got right now. We've got Freddie Galvis there right now. He might be there for a little while. We don't know yet. Bo Bichette is coming up soon, really soon apparently. Uh, a lot of people are speculating he, he might have 80 more plate appearances to go before he gets the call up. Um, but then you've got other players in our system who can play shortstop like Lourdes Gurriel. And then what about guys like uh, Jordan Groshans, Kevin Smith, um, Kevin Richard Urania. <laughs> Who else am I missing? Kevin Vicuña, Logan Warmuth. Yeah, <laughs> just like it's a lot of dudes. All it's those a lot guys. Of all I mean, those guys don't matter because Bo Bichette's going to be the guy. Yeah, and I mean, this kid's also 16, right? Mm-hmm. And it'll take him a while. The 16-year-old kids. It's not like they're 
high school American high school players where they've been through this rigorous season of all of state championships and whatnot, and then they go to college for a couple of years like Kevin Biggio did. Um, these guys are completely different. Like they are raw, like really raw tools. They'll be. It takes a lot of time to develop an international prospect. That's the thing I don't like about professional sports lately. It's like, oh, look at this fifteen-year-old kid. Yeah. And it's like Connor really? McDavid. Yeah, but like twelve yeah, years old. Special cases like a Connor McDavid or a Vladdy, I get. Yeah. But it seems like every sixteen-year-old who's like, oh, this guy's gonna be brilliant. You never know when they're 16 years old. Plus, yeah. it's not going to matter for another four or five years. And then they start the hype train, and it's just like, okay, like, can we just wait? Like, wait a little <laughs> bit to talk about these guys? Like, it might be awesome to think about the potential. And I think that's what bad teams like us do. We drool about the potential because it's like, oh, this guy could take us out of the basement. I think good teams that are killing it, they don't really yeah, care about I mean, their prospects. Mike Trent was up. drafted 25th overall yeah. the first round. Exactly. So. In their international prospect signing day, most teams are just like, who cares? But teams like the Jays who suck, they're like, ooh, let's see here. That was my daily Mike Trout reference. 54 in a row. 54 <laughs> episodes in a row with the Mike Trout Mike reference. Trout. Um, some sad news, though. Um, mm. Angels pitcher Tyler Skaggs, he passed away. Super sad. Yeah. Only 27 years old. Uh, he was found in his hotel room, I believe. Yeah, they don't think there's any foul play involved no. or suicide or anything. They just sometimes like an aneurysm, a heart it attack, just like happens. something. Yeah. Just sometimes th- things can just happen, and you could be alive one moment and and not the next. It's it's tragic. I mean, and all the stories that are coming out about the guy with uh, like Patrick Corbin wearing his number 45 for mm-hmm. his start as they they came up in the same draft class with the Angels. Um, yeah, obviously, lots of guys have been touched by this. Trevor Bauer wrote, was friends with him because mm-hmm. he was in that class too. He, he had his initials on the hat yesterday as well. And, yeah, Patrick was the yeah. first one in our group chat to notice that. Um, mm-hmm. It sucks reading that stuff when you're one of the first to know. Hey, Patrick. Yeah, when I was reading it, I was like, that can't be right. I mean, wasn't he? Didn't he just come into the league like a few years ago? Like he was pitched against us like, like last week, mm-hmm. whatever it was, too. Yeah. I, I had to dig around, and I just I couldn't under, mm-hmm. understand what was happening. It was very confusing and shocking. And um, I saw the press conference that had uh, Mike Trout and others talking, and it was really sad. Just yeah. I've got a little tear rolling down my cheek right now thinking about just how awful this is for the local community because it was very apparent after the news had dropped the type of impact that he had on the Angels organization as well as the city of Santa Monica, which is where he lived. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's sad. One thing I guess we can all take solace in, though, is look at all of the positive uh, reflections that have come out of this, all the positive things that people have said about Tyler Skaggs and about his impact on his community and things like that. I That'll be his legacy, he unfortunately didn't really get a chance to play enough in MLB to really have a solid legacy, but you know what? He, he He's going to be fondly remembered by a lot of people for a long time, and uh, it's not going to be one of those things where it's a tragedy and then next week we have to forget about it because something shitty happens in the world. It's one of those positive things where, yeah, it's horribly tragic that he passed away, but the the kindness that he brought to his teammates and to his local community. There's dozens of articles already up that you can go read about it and you can kind of tell this, this is a good dude. For sure. 
All right, let's get uh, the sad stuff out of the way. That's it. No more sad stuff. Um, let's talk about the week that was. We got swept by the Yankees because we're the Jays and they're the Yankees. And, yeah, there's not much more to say about that. Yeah, because they are playing well. We can't buy our team like they do. Um, <laughs> it still sucks seeing Edwin play against us. It was weird, I especially such, with no facial hair. Even, like, when he played for Seattle and Cleveland, it was just like, oh, I hate when guys I just used to love play on other teams. Like, we haven't seen Josh play against us yet, which is great because I'm such a man crush on Josh Donaldson. But I just hate seeing guys who had an epic moment with us, you know, like Edwin's home run against Baltimore. Uh, players that have that epic moment and then seeing them with the Yankees and kill us too. And it's Always. just like, I hate that. So screw the Yankees. We even had a story about the Yankees going 9-1 and in the news, and we're like, you know what? Let's scratch it. I don't even want to talk about that. My favorite thing about Blue Jays Reddit is the the fuck the Yankees bot. Yeah. So every time someone says fuck the Yankees, the bot replies back fuck yeah. the Yankees. There's my f bombs for the week. Yeah. Jays Reddit's great, by the way. It's, it's real good. It's a salty salt fest, oh. and I, I thrive on that. Yeah. Like, it, I, I don't even comment. I just like reading oh, it. Oh yeah. Same with Saskatoon's Reddit page, which oh, yeah. is the salty of the saltiness. Oh, my God, good it's bad. lord. But uh, yeah, um, that four game set against the Royals. What do you think about the Jays there, Patrick? Like, did you see a lot of promise from the team, even though the Royals the are Royals. more of a dump than we are? <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's the Royals, so you have to take it with a grain of salt. But that being said, boy, the bats came alive. It was beautiful. I don't even care that we lost the third game. Was it the second game or the third game? Third game. We lost 7-6. to six. I think that was the third game. Look at the bats. They're alive and they're well. And it's all of our young guys who had tremendous weeks. And we'll talk about it when we get to who's hot and who is not. Uh, spoiler alert. Our top three for this week are all uh, under 25 years old. And they're all technically... And I'm using air quotes here. You can't see it. Uh, they're all rookies. You know, I was impressed. I don't expect much of this team anymore. Who gives a shit if we win or not? As long as our young players are improving week to week, that that's good enough for me. I mean, we are better in June than we were in May. That's good. I think this team is only going to keep getting better. And it's going to be in small amounts. But come next year, I'm telling you, 500 is looking real possible. Did you see anything promising from that Royal Series? Just the offense. I mean, we had some guys wake up. Pitching's been dog crap, but what do you what do you expect when you're yeah when you're throwing Aaron Sanchez at every every five days now? He just can't get out of the third inning. For me, I loved it because usually when we play a team like the Royals, we play down to their level. Yeah. And then when we play a team like the Yankees, we play up to their level. We never play the way we're supposed and to. And we did opposite of those things. We did the opposite <laughs> of that. And, like, for the first time, I think this year, it was like, wow, we're actually taking advantage of a bad baseball team. Yeah. We never take advantage of bad baseball teams. It's always like, really? We, we dropped two of three from the Orioles? Like, this is why we're the Blue Jays. But it's nice to see that they take advantage of bad baseball teams. Just one more thing before we jump into the week that was for Hot Not. Marcus Stroman's our all-star. We forgot to mention that. Oh, yeah. That's probably something important. <laughs> that just proves how bad the season is going. Our one all-star, eh, we kind of forgot. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, he's having a great season, though. Yeah. Like, numbers-wise. Yeah, the win, oh, he is. The win-loss record is not going to be there on a, on a team who's 20 games below 500. Yeah. But, like, individual performance, um, Marcus Stroman's been definitely our all-star. When it comes to uh, this upcoming series with Boston, we lost game one. Um, game two is not looking too great right now. We're recording during game two. Uh, but the weird thing I saw is Boston is really slipping. They're 44 and 40. 
Yeah. Like, that's not good. Patrick, are you a little bit worried about Boston? Like, I like talking about other teams when they're struggling. I don't like talking about other teams like the Yankees and the Red Sox when they're playing good. But I love talking about the Red Sox when they suck. So, Patrick, do you think Boston's going to make the playoffs? If you're asking me if I'm worried about whether or not Boston succeeds or not, no. I couldn't give less of a shit what their performance is. If they're losing, I am happier than when they are winning. However, that being said... I would rather the Red Sox win the division and then get swept in the first round as opposed to the Yankees making the playoffs at all. But it looks like the Yankees are just going to walk away with the division again, whatever. (laughs) You know, it's really frustrating because every time we play the Red Sox, they always bring their A++ game, okay? Uh, the game yesterday, they f- absolutely thwomped us. There was there was no chance. It's like all their bats come come to life and be, like level up, you know, ten levels when they hit the Rogers Center. I, I don't understand it. Why why do the Red Sox always seem to play better against the Jays than they do against almost anybody else? Is it just because they like beating our faces in? Like, no, do they do the same Jays. thing with Baltimore? It's because they're a better ball team. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, I know, but I mean, like, they're just, they're so resilient, even when our team was better, uh, yeah. when we had, you know, the the big boys bashing home runs and stuff like that, they were still like a bad case of diarrhea. Those rivalry games were like, always tough. You see that in every sport, I mean, remember when the, the Bills used to give the Patriots trouble, even though the Bills were dog shit? All the time. With yeah. Drew Bledsoe too, I remember the Drew yeah. Bledsoe led Bills Rex always Ryan gave was the their pass. coach, and they yeah. always seemed to like find a way to just like scrap out a win. Yeah, it's just like that one team mm-hmm. that you can always just never beat. For the Leafs, for a long time, it was the Sabers. Like the Sabers are really bad, and Ottawa, and Ottawa until the playoffs, until the and then playoffs. Ottawa would completely choke. Yeah, but the, the Leafs used to have a hard time. Like they would like when they used to play a division eight times in the season for a few years there. The Leafs would lose like six or seven other games against Buffalo yeah. every year. Now the good news is the Jays had a better June than they did. May, but they were seven and twenty-one in May, and they were ten and seventeen in June. Like this is gross. It's it's not great, but top five draft pick. Here we come. We did see improvement in that Kansas City Royals series. Uh, they didn't look bad in Game One of that Boston series. I don't know how they're looking right now because we don't have a TV in here. But um, they're getting better. And there are some more positives. Like, at the start of the year, there were zero positives. Every single episode was just depressing as hell because it was just like, wow, we're so bad. At least now it's like, oh, this Caban Biggio guy is playing really, really well. Mm -hmm. And, okay, we got some good things going for us. Strowman's turning it around. So at least there's improvement. At least it's not just getting worse. At least it's getting a little tiny-ish kind of better, (laughs) which is a stretch. Um, Let's get into who's hot, who's not, shall we? Um, Patrick, you take it away here. Oh, man. Number one with a bullet this week. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. went 10 for 22 with two doubles, four home runs. Those were the two back-to-back games where he had two dingers each. Eight RBIs, four walks, 455 batting average, OBP of 519, slugging percentage of 1.091. Oh, these numbers are... (laughs) amazing i could read this stat line every day for the rest of my life and i'd be happy it was just a great week for guriel he's my pick for player of the week and dare i say were it not for his demotion he might be an all-star this year or you could justify it i don't know 
but good for him for figuring it out. He's my pick this week as far as who's hot. I think he needed a kick in the dick to get going. So I think that sent down to the minors was like an op- a wake-up call. Kind of like a Roy Halladay kind yeah. of situation when he got sent down. And it's like, yeah, I really need to work on it. I just can't rely on my natural skill. I kind of feel bad for saying that I, I didn't think Lourdes Gurriel was ready for a call-up again. I remember right when he got called up, I was like, I think he needs more time. And I think he's going <laughs> to struggle. Nope. Definitely not the case. He's definitely killing it. Um, Justin. Another hot guy. Yeah, we'll talk about it in a little while, but Danny, Jan- Danny Jansen. <laughs> Another hot guy. Hot dude. Spicy. Oh, attractive young man. Attractive young man. Danny Jansen. He'll be, uh, we'll have a little segment on him in a little bit. But, I mean, he's over his past seven games, he has not struck out once. He's only walked once, but he hasn't struck out. He's in fuego right now. Yep. He's super cute. Super cute. Oh, man, is he cute. Um, Cabon Biggio <laughs> has been killing it since he got called up. Yeah. But nine RBIs last week. A lot he coming. Classic Jays no more because Classic Jays is not delivering when there are runners in scoring position, especially in the later innings. <laughs> but Cabon Biggio, I mean, nine RBIs. He's got three walks. He's got that OBP of 462. Yep. I mean, only two, I guess two doubles in a week isn't that bad. I've noticed that he hits a lot of singles. He doesn't really get a lot of extra base hits. Drives. Don't care. I like, really, really don't care. Um, nine RBIs. Man, is he great. And he can steal a bag or two when he needs to, but he's mm-hmm. not like a huge yeah, speed he's threat. Four. He's just, again, he's a cute, attractive, hot guy. So that's going to be the new thing with who's hot, who's not. And then we're just going to call the not guys ugly. <laughs> oh, gross, man. <laughs> um, speaking of gross, Brandon Drury. Um, yeah, he's, he needs to leave. He needs to go. Uh, the start he's, was great. He's, uh, he's Bo Bichette's probable like, yeah. demotion. <laughs> he overperformed at the start of the year. I remember, was it you or Patrick? Maybe it was me, too, who was like, you know what, this Brandon Drury kid, we got to give him a chance, and maybe he's, he's going to surprise. It was definitely me. I mean, he was like the, the hot prospect when he was with the Diamondbacks back in the day, and he had a couple great seasons there. And then he's just been hurt. And with the Yankees, he was hurt. And then he was hurt when he got here. Had that wrist or whatever, he got hit by a pitch. Yeah. And he just hasn't. He's a great fielder, but he can't hit. Yeah. Ryan Goetz comparison, like we usually throw out for these guys guys like this. Great fielder. Ryan, Gro- Ryan Goins was more versatile than him, though. Are you done with Brandon Drury? Are you giving up? Yeah. Yeah. Where he was always going to be the odd man out. And now it's just kind of like, now that he's putting up Socrates Brito numbers, I think we're good to DFM and. Bring up ya boy Richard Urania. I mean, we we talked uh, about Drury at the start of the season too being that filler for Vladdy's spot. And had Boba Shet not broke his hand by being hit by a pitch, we probably would have seen him up like by now, and Drury would have been gone already. So we're not giving up on a guy like Justin Smoke though, who is on the not list no, today. Oh, it's we'll Justin Smoke, up on Big Smoke. He had Ugh. he he was he came back off that dis- off the disabled list, so the injured list can't call it disabled anymore because mm-hmm. offend people. Mm-hmm. Sorry, everybody who I offended. I'm offended. <laughs> but he had that two home run game in, yeah. the, in the Royal Series. Um, it was the Royals. He's so. ha- he's he's moving. He's working his way back in. He'll yeah. be fine. He's, he's a Justin big butterface. Let's just put it that way. You're so ugly, Justin Smoke. Uh, 176. <laughs> he get three RBIs because he had those two home runs. Two but again, a guy like Brandon Drury, we can give up on. We're not going to give up a, on a guy like Justin Smoke. He gets on base. He gets on base, and he's had two great seasons with us. And this is he's just starting to struggle lately. He's been great, but He'll be fine. He's um, a streaky player. Yeah. Pat Patrick, what do you think about Teoscar Hernandez? He's on the not list, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's really struggling. I don't know what it is. Well, I do know what it is. He's got an ugly-ass swing, and he's not taking the time to actually 
take pitches and he looks like shit. So what are you going to do except this is, you know, I don't, I don't even know what to say because he's barely above the Mendoza line anymore. He's He's got plus power. He's got the ability to crack homers. He's not exactly a liability in the outfield. Uh, so, like, and he's got four stolen bases, which probably leads this shitty-ass team at this point. It's just, like, I don't know what to say anymore. Like, he's just... He he just needs uh, more seasoning, I think, because here he is. He's twenty six. Uh, I don't think he's he, he doesn't even have a thousand plate appearances yet. So I mean, like, I guess we can't really get too rough with him. I mean, I don't know. What do you think, Justin? He's got the power. He just doesn't. I don't know. I no don't, patience. I don't think he needs more seasoning. I think he needs to marinate marinate overnight, though. Come on, that was fucking funny. Oh man, I was just hilarious like, dad humor you just, right like, there. Get ready to make that as joke. As soon as he said seasoning, I was like, oh. I, oh, I saw the look in your uh, eye, and I was like, this is not going to end well. But I, it, it was okay. I oh. used my empty bottle of Seven Eleven Black Cherry for that drum roll, by the way. Shout out to Seven Eleven Black Cherry. Because I crushed this entire thing in half an hour. It's yeah. really good. <laughs> really, really good. Yeah, Teoscar Hernandez. Eh, uh, he's got to go too. <laughs> He's just, he's not going to figure it out at this point. We never really, like, when we got him from, it was in the Liriano trade, I think we got him from Houston. It was a a steal still. It still is a steal because it was Francisco Liriano. Uh, But he's got to go to AAA long term, I think. Anthony Alford's been playing a lot better lately. Bring him up instead of Teoscar. Let him have a run at it in center field and keep Grichik in right. If they're not going to play Jonathan Davis in center, they might as well play Anthony Alford. Yeah. As that guy from the Justin Trudeau commercial would say, nice hair, though. He's got great <laughs> hair. Um, let's get to the pitchers, shall we? Um, spoiler alert, our hot pitchers, not that hot, not that attractive, not that cute. They're like the best friend in the romantic comedy movies. You know, they're, they're kind of good looking, but they're not the star like of the movie. They're like goofy looking guys. You know, yeah, the good, like the best friends yeah. in the romantic like, comedies. Like, like when Charmin fully had his uh, his porn star mustache yeah. last season. Like he was like the goofy looking best friend in exactly. the Exactly. The Seth Rogen, if you will. <laughs> not now, not the Seth Rogen of now that's yeah. a big star, but Seth Rogen in like the late 2000s when he was the fat chubby sidekick in all those movies all the yeah. time. Uh, Sean Reed Foley had a not bad week. He had a perfect three and third innings of relief in yeah. that in that uh, Thornton start yesterday mm-hmm. um, against Boston. He no hits. seven strikeouts last week, too. Yeah, four Ks yesterday over three and a third and didn't give up a hit. Mm-hmm. So no walks. That's the big thing for him is the walks. He got and... sent down, though, did he not? Did he get sent down yeah. today? Yeah, for Wagus Pack. Yeah, for Wagus Pack, yeah. who's pitching in-game now. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I still think Reed Foley, he'll, he'll go down to Buffalo just to start. He might come back up depending on what we decide to do with Aaron Sanchez. Yeah, who knows? Did you like him coming out of the bullpen, though, Patrick? Yes, I love it. It gets him experience, and it's somewhat sheltered. There's not high expectations from the start. Yeah. I feel like a lot of our players have this weird mentality where uh, they all kind of go in there, and they're like, I'm going to pitch at least seven innings. I ain't leaving this mound until, you know, I get seven. It's like that's not what modern-day MLB is going to be anymore. It's, It's a different league, and... You know, they're toying with the idea of an opener. We had an opener tonight. Um, Dave Phelps did the first and uh, kept, he kept, it was a very quiet uh, top of the first. 
for uh, for him and the Jays, and then Waggis Pack uh, had a very similar experience in the second. So, like, these are good things to see where the team's willing to shake it up instead of forcing these guys to go out and try to pitch against these, you know, elite teams and expect them to go out there and throw six solid innings. I mean, some of our pitchers, <clears throat> Aaron Sanchez, can't even get out of the third inning anymore. But we'll talk about him real soon. Another guy on the hot list, super attractive, super cute, uh, Daniel Hudson. Had three pretty solid appearances. Yep. I think one time he went over one inning, but that's about it. Um, he's been kind of struggling with walks, and he only walked one guy. He struck out six as well. Uh, his whips was still pretty high at 1.2, though. You want it under one, obviously, but and another guy too, Derek Law. <laughs> Derek Law keeps going back and Last forth. Last week he was on the not list. Like, week before he was on the hot list. And then the week before that it was like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> it was like, he's not on any list. It's like, okay, like Derek Law, great, cool name, I guess, but that's about it. Uh, Daniel Hudson and Derek Law, it, it, these guys are on the hot list with some okay-ish numbers. Yeah, this week was rough for our pitching staff. They like got there was a stat, I think it was before last night's game, the Jays had scored 69 runs, nice, in like the last 11 nice. games or something like that. So they're averaging like almost seven runs a game, mm-hmm. but their ERA was also about six. That's so bad. So you're going to have a bad time. Let me, ask, let me ask you guys a question. I'm going to read you a stat line. You let me know who you think this pitcher is. Um, and really, this is kind of for Clayton because I know Justin is a computer and he can Google it in his head really quick. But like, all right, Clayton, here's a quiz. I'm going to read you a stat line of, of a season, like a year-to-date record for a baseball player. You let me know who you think this is. Five wins, two losses, 2.92 ERA, uh, one save, 37 innings pitched, 38 strikeouts, 1.27 whip. That's pretty good, right? That's Billy Koch right there. Billy Koch, final answer. Billy Koch is a zombie. Really? No, but seriously, who do you think that is? Ted That's Lilly. a good... Who do Ten- you think that is? Tanyan Sturtz. Current pitcher. Quit jerking around. Um, <laughs> current pitcher? Is, is he on our team right now? I, I don't want to spoil that. I just I yeah, read you the stat the line. Is, yes. The stat line's obviously very good. Who do you think it is? Joe Biagini. No. I don't know. I'm not stats it's, guys like you guys. Daniel Hudson. Hmm. Daniel Hudson's record and stat line so far this year. That's really, really good, considering that he's in the Blue Jays bullpen. And we signed him as a waiver pick from our waiver pickup from the Dodgers. The he may very well be an attractive trade piece come the end of this month. If you look at his numbers, he has done everything he's needed to do uh, in his last. 30 games, he's 5-1 and one with a 1.93 ERA, 33 strikeouts and 32.2 innings pitched, 1.22 whip. Aside from a really rough outing he had at the beginning of the year, this guy's been our best reliever. He's extremely effective. He's no Billy Koch, though. He's no Billy Koch. He's no Ken Giles. He's no Tanyan Sturtz. Does anyone remember <sighs> Tanyan Sturtz? Yeah, not fondly. Oh, the ruining my point is that I'm saying that Look at look at this guy. He's very unassuming. We thought he was a member of the garbage gang for all intents and purposes, but he's having a phenomenal year. I, sure. I like this guy now that I realize that he exists. Looking at his numbers, they're very impressive. We should be thankful that I'm we actually have someone this, in our bullpen who's not complete uh, garbage. Oh, God. 
as Michael Scott would say in episode 12, I want to say, of season four, when they do the um, career fair at the high school, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Justin is like the ugly girl in the movie, and then she puts on glass, or then she takes off her glasses, and she's hot. That's Daniel Hudson. Yeah. <laughs> there he is, right there. He takes off his glasses, and he's hot. Uh, the not pitchers, this is disgusting. They have, like, Trent Thornton has his glasses firmly on. They were bad. Yeah, he was bad. Apparently he was tipping his pitches yesterday. 18 hits and 12 earned runs and three dingers? Yeah, yesterday was bad. Raphael Devers had his number. Um, I don't know. I mean, Thornton's been on the the not list a couple of different times. He seems to always find a way to bounce back. According to Galvis and and even Pete Walker, he looked like he was tipping his pitches a bit yesterday Hmm. at Boston start. Yeah. And, I mean, you don't give up. I think it was like 11 hits and seven runs in, in two innings or three innings, whatever it was, by not tipping your pitches. So he'll be fine. He'll bounce back. He's young. He's a rookie. Joe Biagini, he's on the not list. He didn't play bad. He had four. He he was in four games. He the didn't whole look especially great in those played games. played bad. Yeah. But it wasn't like it was like, again, his ERA 6.23, which is bad. It wasn't like he was Aaron Sanchez. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Aaron Sanchez. Let's get into it. Again. Um, every week. Really bad. Time for the bullpen. Four Final walks. Answer. The four walks in three innings is what bothers me the most. If you're averaging more than a walk an inning, you're in trouble because you're already starting the inning behind the eight ball. You can't walk guys every single inning. You can't put guys on base every single inning. Yeah. You need that quick one, two, three inning at least once a game just to kind of recover and get some momentum back. He's not having that. He's struggling. Um, what did you think of that start? Like, What did you see wrong with Aaron Sanchez in that start, Patrick? Man, I don't even know how to answer that question anymore because I feel like every week we're talking about this guy and all the things that used to make Aaron Sanchez special are are gone. They don't exist anymore. No strikeouts, uh, giving up tons of walk. He's lost complete control of all of his stuff. Um, he gives up a minimum of six runs per game, it seems. He's just he's 0-7 in his last seven games. He's lost every single one of those starts. Uh, it, I just don't know what to say anymore, except like either he's super injured and he's not talking about it, or he's Ricky Romero part two, where a couple great seasons and then just falls apart. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's those blister injuries catching up to him and he's just, it's in his head and he can't get it out. Whatever it is, it's tragic to watch this guy. Every time he goes out there, I'm like, this is the start where he turns it around. And before he even gets to the third inning, he gets himself in trouble, gives up a walk, gives up another walk, gives up a hit, and then all of a sudden, you know, the runs start pouring across the plate, and there's nothing anybody can do but sit there and, and watch him. And you got to feel for him because there was a time where Aaron Sanchez was practically a god in Toronto. You know, he had that season where he went, what, 15-2 and two or 16-2 and two or something like that? He was He was a legend, and now watching him play like this, there's something going on that we don't know about, and I I don't know what it is, but it'd be good for him. You know, be good for him is put him on the IL for a quote lower body injury. I'm using air quotes for the second time in this podcast. I can't believe it. Put him on the injured list, get him out of there, and then put him in the bullpen, and then just have him do super protected. Uh, long relief, either we're winning by eight runs or we're losing by eight runs, put him in there for an inning or two, help him build his confidence back because he, he's not going to be able to build his confidence going out there every fifth day and 
and giving up, you know, six, seven, eight runs. It's just not going to work. Bullpen, final answer. He doesn't have his yeah. A.J. Burnett spin on his ball anymore. When he first got to the majors, he looked a lot like A.J. Burnett, and A.J. Burnett was ball. the king of spinning the ball with his slider. Mm-hmm. He can't do that anymore. He just lost the spin on his ball. It's weird. Um, Professor Anderson, you're at the plate. Yeah. I love Professor Anderson um, segments Thanks. because, again, just from – I'm not a stats guy. I've said that a lot on the show. You two are big stats guys. I'm more of a – I don't even know what I am kind of guy. I'm a sexy topic kind of guy. I don't know. But Professor Anderson really teaches me some stuff. So without further ado, Professor sure. Anderson on a guy we've been very hard on, Danny Jansen. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, let's look at Danny Jansen's stat line. Going into tonight, he was hitting 196 with an on-base of 273 and a slugging percentage of 314. So that's, a, that's an OPS below 600, which mm-hmm. is kind of like the, the line of this is a good baseball player or a not good baseball player. Uh the, obviously, the on-base is, is pretty good considering his, his batting average is 196. His on-base is almost 80 points higher. He's getting walks. Mm-hmm. So I want, I want to say a couple of things here. So according to Fangraphs, they have, they have stats called offensive runs above average and also defensive runs above average. So Danny Jansen is negative 11 runs above or rather below average offensively, but he's a positive 10.7 runs above defensive runs above average this year which ranks first in the major leagues above among rookies okay that's 4.3 ahead of arizona's carson kelly and no other rookie has more than 3.4 defensive runs above average so how Danny many Jansen, other rookie catchers are there are there a lot this, this is just rookie's total oh, okay rookie's total it's not even catchers that's it's, impressive it's okay every every qualified rookie mm-hmm. total so danny jansen's the only rookie in the bigs to have 10 runs defensive runs above average so <clears throat> he might be struggling offensively the numbers say that, but defensively he's been a stud. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about that a few times too, that he looks a lot better than he did last year behind the plate, and it shows in his numbers. Well, the first two weeks he was pretty bad behind the plate. And yeah. ever since then, again, we've said it a bunch, he looks way better behind the plate. Yeah, so let's look at let's look at some offensive numbers. So we'll talk about a little bit about walk rate and strikeout rate. So Danny's walk rate is 9.2%, MLB average 8.6%, rookie average 75 So he's walking more than, more than the average of both seasoned veterans and rookies his strikeout percentage is 21.2 mlb average 22.7 rookie average 26 so he's walking more and striking out less than other major league players on average Mm -hmm. so if he isn't losing out on on base opportunities due to strikeouts or a lack of walks why is his batting average so low there's gotta be something more to it right Mm -hmm. so i've talked about the stat babip before batting average on balls in play so Danny's th- BABIP is incredibly low. So out of the balls that he puts in play, his batting average is only 229. League average BABIP is 301. So when guys put the ball in play, it's probably going to be a hit more than more than not. Uh, there's a huge gap here, obviously. I mean, looking back at his 95 plate appearances he made in 2018, he also had a 274 BABIP last year, and again, league average was about 300. So going back further to AAA, his, his BABIP numbers were typical. The same can be said for AA and, and high A ball. So Danny has a track record of, of having league average sort of batted ball luck, and he's not having that in, in the big leagues so far. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if we look at the kid's total plate appearances as a big leaguer, um, he's only got 312. That's not a lot. Small sample size. Yeah. I mean, they always say 1,000 plate appearances is kind of the the go-to, or even 600 is kind of like a full season's so, worth yeah. of, like, of like a starter who plays every day, and catchers never will. No. A catcher's maybe 450. That's a workload. That's a, that's too. a workload. Yeah. Like we were halfway through the season, he's got two seventeen. So he's on pace for about four hundred plate appearances. 
this year. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see what he we'll see what he ends up with. But let's look a little bit more into contact rate. I've talked a lot about soft, medium, and hard contact percentages before. That's how hard the batter hits the ball. Pretty self-explanatory. So Danny's soft contact rate is below league average, below rookie average. His medium contact rate is just below MLB average and, and rookie average, but his hard contact rate is well above league average and well above rookie average. So overall, I mean, he's making so- medium or hard contact 84% of the time. That's really and good. league average is below that. So he's not making, he's hitting the ball de- decently hard. So why isn't he getting more hits? It's, it, it's it's kind of baffling when you again you look at some batted ball types like ground ball versus line drives and fly balls. Mm-hmm. Again, he's rated he's rated average for all of those categories for ground ball percentage, fly ball percentage, line drive rates. The only area that he's really seeing a lower average in is the home runs per fly ball. So league average is typically about fifteen percent on so fifteen percent of the fly balls you hit are going to be home runs. Yeah, Denny's is nine point one. So for every every hundred fly balls Danny hits, he'd he'd see six less home runs than a typical major league player. Yeah, which is a sizable difference, considering a ball player might put the ball in play four hundred times, five hundred times a year, kind of yeah. thing. Um, if he doesn't strike out more than hundred times <laughs> in six hundred yeah. plate appearances. Yeah. So I mean, it it just really seems that that Danny's had kind of the the short end of the stick. Uh, we've talked about players who kind of beat the projection system over the course of their careers. Mark Billy was a pitcher who did it with his ERA always being well below where his projections were just because of the way that he induced contact. So, like Marco Estrada was good for that too in those mm-hmm. years where he was solid with the Jays. Really good at inducing soft contact. Whereas Danny's hitting the ball hard. He's hitting the right amount of line drives, hitting the right amount of fly balls. Just the, the, the outcome hasn't quite been there for him yet. And we're seeing that happen over the last week. He's got three home runs, as Patrick said in the, in the who's hot, who's not. He's been hot over Super his cute. over his last over his last uh, fifteen games. Even uh, he's got a two fifty five batting average. His on base is right around three hundred, and his slugging is around four. It's about four seventy. So again, his his uh, OPS there is closer to eight hundred than it is to the five hundred ninety that it's at right now. Mm-hmm. So I mean, typically, the law of averages states sort of gets scientific that that ought, that things will even out over the course of, of time like the, the bad and the good will eventually kind of equal it's like flipping flipping a coin eventually you'll kind of work towards 50 percent heads 50 percent tails bill nye the science guy over so, here so danny's kind of working his way back towards where he should be and that's why we're seeing his average slowly creep towards 200 um my bold prediction i don't know if it's really bold or not but i think by the end of july or at least at some point during the month danny's average is going to touch 225 so that's like a 30-point climb from where it was going into tonight. He's hitting 193 right now? Yeah, after he, I think he flew out in the in the, in the second inning mm-hmm. of tonight's game. So he's at 193. So his average has to climb 32 points. Mm. I mean, last like, a couple weeks ago, it was about 165. Yeah. So he's already he's already done that in a couple of weeks. And if a guy's going, getting a couple hits every every second game or something like that, the way that the average works out, it's going to slowly climb up. If you're, if you're hitting 500 in a game, your average is going to climb up. So I'm I'm thinking he's gonna he's gonna get to 225 in July, and I'll, I'll, I think he'll finish the season around 230. I just think he's he's get he's on a tear right now, mm-hmm. and we've seen him do this. He did this right before we called him up in AAA last year. He did it just before the Jays called him up. He was on a tear where he was just hitting the cover off the ball. I think we're gonna see that from him here because the luck's gonna equal out, and he's gonna get closer to those league numbers. Even though I'm not a big advanced stats guy, I do like BAPIP because, yeah. again, baseball players can piss on the baseball for about a month, and sometimes you just hit it right to the guy. Yeah, Justin smoking the shift, right? I remember Aaron Hill back in the day. He would just be 
tearing the cover off the ball, but it would just go right to the outfielders. And there's nothing you can do. I That's mean, the thing about baseball. You know, sometimes the averages aren't in your favor, and you just hit it right to the guy. You kill yeah. the baseball, but it just goes right to him. You talk about Vladdy, his bat is only 283. Mm-hmm. And so that's lower too. Patrick, where do you think Danny Jansen's batting average is going to be by the end of July then? Let's all predict here. You say 225. 225. I'm going to agree with Justin. I think 225 is pretty fair. I mean, all the numbers that he's brought up are 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 excellent i didn't really know most of them so this is kind of a good education um i think the key with danny jansen is just being patient which is something that at times i think we're all kind of guilty of um here and there but 225 by the end of july sounds pretty good i'm going with 208 no way he's hitting 225 by the end of July. One more guy with bat with a low BABIP, Justin Smoke, 223. Because I think it's because of the shift. Shift. Yeah, I hate the shift. Who bunted on the shift two weeks ago? Uh, it was uh, Matt Carpenter, I think. I loved that. And double. the other team was all mad. They're like, what the you hell? Got, you got a double out of the bunt. It's just like, well, what? don't play the shift and get double. mad. Yeah, they're like, oh, that's bad style. The shift is bad style. <laughs> the shift is ru- not yeah. ruining baseball. You want to give up bunt doubles? Because that's how you give up bunt doubles. Yeah, it's not ruining baseball, but it's just such a little... Bill Belichick gimmicky, well, we're going to bend the rules kind of thing. Yeah. And I despise Bill Belichick, so that's probably why I don't like it. <laughs> but yeah, Danny Jansen. Again, we've been hard on him. The start of the year, yeah, it was like, okay, hard, we still like him. I, don't want, I just want people to know, I've, I've been preaching patience all year. Yeah, I haven't been. Because, <laughs> again, I hated the way he was behind the plate for the first week. He was horrible behind the plate. I've just been waiting for this moment where he starts t- sort of turning yeah. things around, and then I can bring up these numbers, and people are like, oh, okay, yeah. maybe he's actually doing what he should be doing. Well, I can't wait for Bo Bichette to get called up. Everyone's uh, like, oh, Jordan Groshans is better. And I'm going to be like, nope, Bo Bichette's going to kill it. Oh, Lord, he coming. I'm just waiting. But, uh, again, I was just really critical of him at the start of the year because I think he had, like, six pass balls in the first week, and it was gross. Yeah. But now he's really turned. his defense has really turned around. His hitting's been bad, but not as bad as it looks. Um, any final remarks, boys? Ken Rosenthal uh, tweeted, Aaron Sanchez watch, next start is Friday. Last day for Blue Jays to option him to minors is Sunday. Reaches five-year service and gains right to reject any assignment Monday. Five-plus players hardly ever agree to be optioned. Generally, they either stay in the majors or get designated for assignment. So this is an opportunity for the Jays to send him down to the minors before he gets the service time. Uh, to work things out. So this is kind of the last stop before they figure out whether or not he's getting DFA'd, or, which would be horrific, mm-hmm. uh, or if he goes down to the minors for a minute and gets his shit together. Who was it that said we should trade Sanchez at his uh, highest trade value? Who was it again? I think it was uh, some like, ginger guy yeah, on this podcast. Yeah, it was me. <laughs> More 7-Eleven cherry bottle, baby. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I'm leaving this in here. This is going to be my new sound effect machine. <laughs> uh, final remarks, Justin Anderson? I just want to point out, over the last week, our, our batters are hitting 304. That's great, right? Hmm. Pitchers, 635 ERA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's so horrible. Bad. 635 is real bad. Yeah. Uh, that's it. That's all. Ending on a super high note today. <laughs> 635 ERA. And done. Woo! 635 ERA. Yeah. I dropped my the price bottle. is right. Damn it. It's under the desk. That's gone. I'm not getting that. Um, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on the Instagram. We're all over the place. Uh, Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher. You can listen to us there. Appreciate you listening. Um, we'll keep you posted with Kawhi Watch, obviously. 
Um, give us your remarks. Give us your questions. We'll answer them. Uh, maybe next week we'll do a social media question and answer or something. Post something on Twitter and Facebook to answer you guys' questions. Um, that's it. That's all for uh, episode 24 of season two of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. Wow, we're old. Um, speaking of we're getting old, Seinfeld's turns 30 on Friday. 30? 30 years old, Seinfeld turns on Friday. I just yeah. finished rewatching that like three months ago. Old 30. balls. We are old balls, gentlemen. Oh uh, who has the extra song today? No idea. Screw it. We're going semi-sonic closing time. Okay. Let's do it. Why <laughs> not? It. For Justin, for Patrick, my name's Clayton. Have a good one. We'll uh, talk to you next week.